Are you ready? I think so. I don't know. All right. Welcome back to the Leaf Fast Podcast. That was a good uh, intro. That was a good intro. I was actually about to comment, compliment your drumming skills. That was pretty impressive. Air drums are my thing, man. I Air drums tell. are my thing. I could tell. Hey, I got uh, I got one question for you right off the bat, Tommy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump right into it. All right, good. What is your favorite TV show? I don't even know this about you. How did you not? How How is that a thing? Okay, well, say it, and maybe I do, and I the just the Office. Remember. Oh, okay. I feel dumb. I know you, that. You should. <laughs> I know that. But we don't really talk about TV shows. Like we just, we just kind of, it just never really comes up. So okay, so my off, the Office is my favorite show that I, the show I watch most often, mm -hmm. right? So I've seen it all the way through you know, five or six times. My favorite TV show ever was this show called Heroes back in the day, and Heroes was awesome. Uh, I remember Heroes for two seasons, and then it got crazy, and then it got canceled. I didn't but watch. I, I mean, awesome. I've seen a few episodes. How crazy did it get? How crazy are we talking? Um, okay, so people with abilities, you know, superhero type mm -hmm. stuff, people with abilities didn't know where they got them from, and then all of a sudden there was a circus full of people with abilities, and I mean real circus in a tent living in a field. Uh, yeah, it got it got dumb after the circus folks showed up. That's sad. I hate that. Uh, my favorite TV circus show Circus folks will do that. That's definitely my most watched one. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... I can't believe I didn't know that. I just want to jump in with a question just right off the bat. I like this format. We have we have a planned format. He has questions ready to go. I had a question ready. A go okay, great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is Monday, and uh, you guys can't see it. I'm looking outside right now. It's all rainy and gloomy. It's it kind of it's um, kind of going between yeah. blistering heat and a million degrees and rainy. It looks like there's a hurricane coming in. Actually, there is a hurricane coming in. But over here, it looks like there's a hurricane. Over here, it's kind of spotty, like there's some sky. So uh, if I'm it's also a billion degrees in Augusta, Georgia. Oh my God, it is, and uh, you can definitely tell that when the air conditioner in the building goes out, because uh, and you sit by the windows, you'll bake real quick. Um, speaking from experience, so okay, I've got another question for you. Okay, and Let's I go. like catching you off guard because I feel like I put you in your uh, element. So yeah, uh, sure. Okay, um, I'm in a great mood today, by the way. So, you are in a great mood, so and by the way, exciting. for those who are not watching, for those who are listening, Tommy's very tan today too. Uh, he uh, is. Uh, Tommy took what he rarely does, which is a couple of days off, and went to the beach and got that's true. You don't burnt like unreal second degree. Putting sunburned. cold frozen Coke cans on your body. I was, we, it was so bad. I was in the office the other day with like cans on me, trying to like. Not itch. My favorite part was whenever the cans uh, have served their purpose and they're not cold anymore. Then Tommy would just pull out his shirt, crack it open, and drink it in the middle of a meeting. Like I didn't see him doing that. I'm sitting right there next to you. That was my favorite part. Um, cheers, everyone. Yeah, cheers. So, okay, maybe I have a couple questions for you. We'll just see, uh, depending on the answer, if we want to get into the other ones. All right, great. Let's go. I want to know you, Tommy, what the first thing you thought about when you woke up this morning. Business-wise, I'm, I'm hoping it's business-wise. Do you want to know the first business thing, or do you want to know the first thing I thought about? I, I want to know both. So for me, mm -hmm. my typical day, and, and you'll hear a lot of people, like tons of like pr productivity people and like happy life people say, don't do this. I will literally, before I open my eyes, I'll have my phone in my hand, and I'll check email. First thing I do every morning. Okay. So my first thoughts are either usually whatever's in my email. Uh, and so this morning the email was from Vimeo 
wanting to know if I wanted a demo of the OTT service. And so my initial thought this morning was how do we expand our platform and can we be on OTT, Mm -hmm. which is over the top video, and can we have our own Apple TV channel and all that stuff, and would that be valuable to people? So that was those were my very very first waking. So you thoughts. got that email this morning. Yeah, because okay. I was because at four a.m. I was doing demos online, Gosh. and so at seven thirty a.m. when I got out of bed. Four a.m. Oh, I'm just getting tired thinking about that. You were up at four a.m. Yeah, when we quit playing video game. Daniel plays Call of Duty with me almost every night, and so we were. We quit playing at like 11, and then... No, I went, it was later than that, wasn't it? No, no I'll have to off Yeah, it was okay. 11. It was 11. So we quit playing around 11. We played for about an hour every night. And so we quit playing around 11, and then I went into my bedroom and cracked open my iPad and did research on video-on-demand services for four or five hours. Hmm. Okay, and that sparked the email. And that sparked the email, which sparked my first thought this morning. It's usually a continuation. So was that your business thought, or was that just your regular first thought? Uh, it, it, that was my regular first thought. Like, so that's typically what I do every morning is I'll, I'll, you know, wake up, grab my alarm, mm-hmm. you know, grab my phone, open up my email and Just see what the day squint through, tell. squint through sleep and look and see what the day looks like. And I'll check my calendar and see what I've got going on. Uh, this morning we had, uh, I had to take my kids to orientation for their new school. That's so they're going right. to, they've got a, they started a new school this year. So I took my sixth grader and my second grader to orientation this morning and uh, and then before I came into the office, so I got a I got an hour or so of work done before I came in, and then took them to orientation. Sixth grade, I can't believe he's in sixth grade already. That's crazy. Yeah, he was he was one when we started our first company, and now he's you know about to be twelve. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. I can't do that. Like if I look at my emails first thing in the morning, if I look at anything first thing in the morning, I mean it's like memory dump. It usually takes me about an hour or two to like just even recharge enough to do or process anything but you already know that about me <laughs> yeah but, but everybody's different everybody's different and and that's a if i sleep five hours i feel great and and i can sleep five hours in spurts and so if i sleep three hours and i'm up for a couple of hours and i go back and i get two more hours and I get back up i feel good and i can go the rest of the day um but i have it's not it's not a great thing it's not good it's not a beneficial thing like I've, it's mostly fomo there's a lot of like oh, yeah? real fear of missing like i'll miss something if i'm sleeping so uh, and I would always much rather be like working and pushing and doing some other things. I hate vacation. I hate it. Uh, I don't want so weird to hear somebody say that. I, I, it just gives vacation is just anxiety with a different name. Does it almost feel like an obligation because you're so committed to work that you feel like you have to make time for vacation or you f- maybe feel guilty taking away from work? It's not guilt. I just enjoy what we do. Mm-hmm. And so I would rather be here than be at the beach, like sitting. That yeah. just feels like so boring and unproductive and not doing anything. And plus um, you haven't got a sunburn sitting in your office. I haven't got so. a sunburn sitting in my office ever. So There's that's that. that's a benefit. My my wife, on the other hand, hates that that's how I am. Oh, yeah? Because she wants, you know, quality family time and wants me to, like, be able to unplug and put my phone away for a whole week and that kind of thing. Uh, and I try to, like, honor that as much as possible. But well, it's, it's funny, though, because you still – I don't think you, t- yeah, you might have once or twice, but you would text me from her phone. <laughs> hey, this is Tommy. But, yeah, so, that, that did happen, didn't it? But you did stick to your rule of putting your phone down. I, I guess, my phone so. was away. Yeah. And so she, I used hers. No, I think like, it's funny because we'll be, we'll be in the middle of like some quiet moment. We'll mm-hmm. be on vacation and like, we're just sitting on a balcony staring off into space and she'll look at me and she'll go, what are you thinking about? 
I was just thinking about there's an emerging market we could get into from (laughs) and she's uh that's not what she was thinking about you know it's just like what a dangerous question to ask Tommy Wofford I thought I thought you look great with a tan and I'm like no I was thinking I wonder if there's an emerging market we could get video demand service into so that we could you know maybe pivot into education or something I don't know so my brain's just weird that's funny um well then let me hit you with another question this is the one I really want to know because I think it's kind of interesting um, I, I mean, I, I would ask anybody this who is a business owner, but like we have, uh, you know, two videographers, me, Justin, we have uh, an intern, uh, we have a director of public relations here um, as, as far as like the culture goes and stuff like what, how did that happen? How did everything come into play? You know, like how did you feel like, what did you do to feel like you had the right team, like the right people in the right places? Yeah. So, you know, the, you'll hear a lot of people say you just got to get the right people on the bus. Um that only matters like if you've got a good bus driver um luckily we do and and that's more andrew than me um i'm more cruise ship director like you know fun fun director you're in the map yeah 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 yeah. uh but andrew's more of like the bus driver like he gets us where we're going he makes you know he really like has a mind that puts us where we're where we need to be and and calls calls me out when i've like gone too far afield and Mm -hmm. make sure we stay focused and those types of things. And so for me, like, it's just really just a matter of like having an opportunity to pick you up. Like that was a thing because of the pandemic and then Mm -hmm. your, your job got furloughed and you were here and it was like, you needed something to do. So come work with us. Now it's an opportunity to bring you on full time. Um, I've had a relationship with Justin for a long time. And so he was available. Like they were about to move to Atlanta and then the pandemic made that move not happen. And so he was going to be here. So it was an opportunity to pick him up. Mackenzie uh, just graduated, you know, uh, from USC and has a you know, degree in PR and was working for another business that we owned and had done a great job there in that role. And, uh, you know, this was an opportunity for her to, like, get into her career field, her chosen career right. field. And so we wanted to, you know, make that opportunity work for her. And then Mark, you know, he and I, you know, Mark is 18, just graduated high school. He's our intern. And, you know, we were having a conversation about generational wealth and how, you know, you could at his age at 18 be a millionaire before you were 25 if yeah. you would make the right investments now, if you decided to work hard for free or nothing and save all your money and get this thing to move into this and whatever. And so we were trying to like talk through some of the rich dad, poor dad concepts. And um, we say that a lot, by the way. I'm a huge, book, huge yeah. fan of rich dad, poor dad. And uh, was talking to Mark about that. And I was like, man, if you're 18 and you don't know what you're going to do for the next couple of months, you should just come hang out in my office, come intern for us and let that change, you know, how you see the world. And so like we kind of stumbled into people, but I'm a big proponent of your teams have to fit the size of your dreams. Like I'm a big, like, I believe that um, any dream that can be achieved alone is too small. Yeah, like if yeah, you can, if you that. can, if you can, if you can achieve what's in your heart to achieve and you don't need anybody else, you were dreaming too small. And a lot, I get pushed back from that. And I, and I understand the pushback. People are like, well, maybe some people don't have the same capacity that you have, Tommy or, or, or Daniel or Mark or, you know, anybody else working here. Maybe, maybe, maybe people don't want to run a multinational, you know, conglomerate of businesses yeah. that educate and, and inspire people. Like, cause that's sort of my, my heart. Like, that's fine. That's fine. But you get one life, just one. And it's a mathematical miracle that you're here anyway. You know, the odds of even being conceived is yeah, hundreds of astronomical. Yeah. And then and the odds of 
being sort of knit together and surviving the nine months of construction that has to go on inside someone else's body so that you can become a fully you know developed baby so that you can be born and the odds of there being no complications and then being born into a family in the u.s where you have yeah. all this opportunity and being born like we can go on and on and i can keep stacking the odds right. against you but somehow you're here right and then if your your desire is to have some sort of life of generic comfort where you get to retire at 55 and go pick up seashells in you know Tampa and you know walk the beach every day and die at 80 and you know leave a couple hundred thousand dollars to your grandkids if that's your dream I just feel like you owe the world more than that right like what a waste I feel that too yeah. like what a like not and not like to like bang on people that have done that or are doing that my grandparents did that um my mom and dad had more opportunity than they had and they're both retired right, right. and they spend time with our grandkids and they're living their best life right yeah. but they they worked like crazy hard to get to that that was an unattainable thing for them and so for for them to attain it required all their effort and all that all that stuff right and so like man go get the spoils of war but if you are 30 35 I'll, I'll even I'll even condition it more if you are 30 to 40 upper middle class raised white in America you owe the world right you, Any, anything less than your best I mean anything less than you getting up every day and hustling you're you're in you're in the debt of the world like the world because you're one privileged beyond everyone else in the world mm -hmm. for the most part um, you have more access to education and um, advantage than anyone else has. You should be out there crushing it, working your butt off to make a difference and make other people have uh, the same things that you grew up with. Like that's what you owe the world. And yeah. if you're not doing that, then me and you probably have a problem. We should sit down and talk it out. But other than that, I believe that your dream has to be so big that it requires other people. My dream of running an organization that reaches people, not just even in our nation, but worldwide, that educates and inspires them and provides for them the knowledge necessary to take their life and their businesses and their organizations, their ministries, their careers to the next level and, and find that that sort of gold medal moment for themselves. My desire to do that is so much bigger than I would ever accomplish by myself. So it right. requires you and it requires Justin and Mark and McKenzie and Andrew, but it probably also requires 40 other people that aren't here yet. Right. Or 400 people that aren't here yet. It just does. And so we're, we're not, we're not small. We're early, you yeah, know, like for that's sure, for sure, my yeah. dreams much bigger than this group. We're not small for my dream. We're just early on in the process yeah. of seeing it happen. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, that's, that's not only how you got here, but why you got here. You got here because dreams, um, are only as e dreams only ever come true to the scope and the size that you can manifest a team. Um, and so your team is necessary. If you're ever going to see your dream, you've got to have the right team. It's a little bit like baseball players, right? And so we talk about, we have this illustration that we use in the office and so I'll share it with them, but 
you know, it was the baseball baseball illustration that if you had a you had a player and they were at the bat and all the, all your view, if your view was very myopic, very like narrow, and all you saw was like the guy's jersey in his hands, and then you saw him take his, you know, you'd be like, wow, okay, so he's a baseball player, I get it. You'd be like reading into the situation. And you saw him grip this, you know, grip tighter on the bat, and he kind of put it up, and he was looking away, and you went, all right, so he must be getting ready to hit. You see him like dig his feet in, you know, oh, he's getting ready. So, and you're you're piecing together what you see through your view. And you see him swing out of his shoes and look up in the distance, and and he takes off running. Well, the, the observation would tell you, oh, he must have just gotten a hit. Like he, you know, he's legging this one out, and he rounds first, and you see him round second, and round third, and he slides head first and into home, and there's a cloud of dust there, and he looks up, and as you, if you can step back from that moment and see this guy on his face in the dirt at home plate, in an empty stadium, and there's no one else there. He he doesn't have a team. There's no one in the dugout. There's yeah. no one no one he's facing. There's no fans in the stands. There's no crowd to cheer him on, and that's what I feel like a lot of people are doing is that they they put out what their activity in a very myopic way. So what you see on Instagram is like their highlight reel, right? You know, and the so what you see on kind of LinkedIn stuff, yeah. it's all the best of, and the reality is is that without a team, all success is imaginary. And so he may have the rest of the world thinking that he bats a thousand and that he, you know, has the speed of, you know, King Griffey Jr. And he, you know, slid headfirst into home home plate and won this, yeah. you know, game or this had a had an amazing moment. But if you could back away from it, you would realize he did that alone and that there was no adversary. And because there was no adversary, there can never be glory. Right. And so there's what should we celebrate? Because this was just your imaginary success. And so you don't get credit for that. And so much, most success, I would say the vast, vast majority of success, things that you should get applauded for, that you should be slapped on the back for, that you should be celebrated publicly for, if it did not happen with a team, I really start to doubt that it actually ever happened. I just don't believe that if if you can look up from the dust that you're standing in and you're not surrounded by other people that helped yeah. you get there, there's nothing then to there's, there's nothing yeah. to celebrate. Probably. Very few people are... 100% self-made, no help. They never stand, stood on the shoulders of other people. Those, those people that claim that make me feel like all the red, all the fraud red flags go up yeah. immediately. Yeah. I think you're a pretend pioneer at, you know, and so that's my, uh, that's usually my take on those so folks. Why do you think people stop dreaming? You know, like that's, I understand what you're saying, you know, like the drive and, you know, wanting to, to, give back or want to, you know, have a vision that's bigger than something you can do yourself. And to me, that makes, you know, perfect sense. But I do know, and I think everybody knows to a degree, people who have given up on something and just stopped, you know, like what, what, what is, I mean, without even experiencing defeat, they just never go after the, the prize. Why do you think, why do you think people are like that? Some people are like that. Cause it's freaking hard. Like so you talking about the process, the is process hard. Yeah. is hard. Yeah. Like, you know, and then I think a lot of it after that, after difficulty, cause you can, everybody can get over difficulty if you've got the right motivation. And so then I, I look at it and go, was, was this hard? Okay. It was hard. So why'd you quit? Like you didn't have the right motivation. Right. right. So some people have dreams, but then why you have those dreams is important. Like just having a dream is important. It has its own value, but understanding why that dream's important to you is equally as valuable. So like, for example, some people have dreams, but the only reason they have them is so they can validate themselves, Yeah. right? And so when a dream then becomes about your own validation, your own self-realization, your own importance, 
you start compromising it when it gets hard, mm. right? And so you'll start saying, well, this doesn't really matter. Or if it becomes, uh, uh, if it becomes something that you realize is impossible for you to do, then you feel bad about yourself. And then that, that self-defeating cycle starts and then you feel bad and then it looks worse and then you don't believe you can do it. And then you feel bad and then it looks worse and you don't believe you can yeah. do it. And you just run down the toilet and then you're, you're out, like you're out before you yeah. ever get started. Um, and then I think lastly, some people, it, it, because it really is about self-validation and self, self like sort of aggrand, aggrandizing themselves and, and, and making themselves look bigger than they actually are, when they realize that it's going to take a team to do it, they realize they have to share the credit. Oh yeah. And then, then you realize that it's more about them than it is about the dream is more about what the dream means to them than it is what the dream means to the world mm -hmm. for them. And so when like, I've got, I've got a dream that my children grow up and they're healthy and, um, you know, self-aware human beings. Right. Yeah. But that, that has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to be like, I was a good parent because my kids did X, sure, Y, Z. Yeah. I'm not trying to realize my own value in my children. My children are important to the world. They're going to make a, a lasting difference in the earth. And, and they have a purpose and a value that they haven't realized themselves yet. And so my job as a parent, and while I'll know I'm successful as a parent, if my kids realize what they think their purpose in the world is, that's for the world's benefit, not for mine. Right. And so I'll never stop being a good parent or trying to be a good parent, no matter what the effort is, because the, the reasoning, the why behind the dream is more important than what it means to me personally. Wow. That's good. I also think something I thought about uh, is the people who have those dreams that are for their own like personal gratification. Even if you have a team, that dream is still about you and will still never get off the ground. So I think you, you covered that pretty well. Um, that was that was good. Uh, I'm going to throw a card at you real quick. We got a few more minutes. Are you ready yeah, for a card? Yeah, hey, we can do – this is one of my favorite parts of the whole bit here. I'll even let you pick the color. Uh, I don't want to, I'll, I'll pick an easy color. So I'll close my eyes and I'll pick a color. How about that? Because right. I'll, 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 I'll just pick an easy one because, you know, whatever. So here, just. You pick two, but okay, uh, we might do two. Let's just do one for All right. Whoa. I don't know if that, <laughs> this isn't even a real card. Oh, see, so I only picked one. There you, you only go. picked one. I think I've asked you this before. Let's see if it's changed. Oh, I know your answer too, or I knew your answer then. What do you need to do by the end of the year to make this year meaningful? Yeah, so my, my answer before is still my answer today, which is I've done enough to make this year meaningful. Every day I do enough to make this year meaningful. Um, I, I'm not chasing a meaningful year. Mm -hmm. I'm just chasing a string of meaningful days. Like I don't get up and think about what do I do to, that affects the next 12 months I think about like, what do I do that, next, that affects the next 10 years, 20 years, yeah. 30 years? Like I could have easily, I could have easily not gone to orientation for my kids today. I chose that. Mm -hmm. I chose that because it's the first day in a new school. Um, I chose that because my second grader, who's normally like rambunctious and out there, was a little nervous and he was quiet uh, and I saw him change yeah. and I wanted to be there. Um, 
we it, it's a it's a private school this year, which is new for us. We did public school and then we did homeschool, and so now we're trying. You tried all the things. We're now. trying all the things, right? And so we just want to want to get an education for our kids that, um, and not that public or private was better because they were in a fantastic public school. They were very happy, and then um, it's in one of those like my dream is for my other people around me to be satisfied. My wife wanted to homeschool, so we homeschooled, mm-hmm. uh, and and now we have different after a year of doing that and the coronavirus and everybody else and like so now we have different priorities and we want our kids to be back in a school setting that allows them to have more social interaction because we saw that was something that was missing and now what we also want people to to be in a school that aligns with our values and puts them around students that are going to be challenging them to be their best and teachers and so so we so we we made that selection this year to go to a different school and I wanted to be there so that they would know that I cared about that selection um that my wife knew I cared about that and it wasn't you know just another to-do list item that will affect the next 10 years. How long was the orientation? Um, it was an hour. You were there for an hour, and you affected the next 10 years of yeah, both well, your kids' I, life. I, made, I affected the next 10 years of my kids' life by making the decision in a moment. Yeah. It, it, just being there was just being there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was answering emails and texts, and, like, you know, my kids for probably 30 minutes of it were sitting by themselves off in a room, and I was meeting with an administrator. So it wasn't even like, ooh, I had this great quality time with my kids. I just made a decision right. to show them that yep. it was important what they were doing and that decision will affect the next decade. So when I say like, I'm not trying to like do something grand this today, that's going to affect the rest of the year. It's not what I mean. Cause the little decisions add up sure. just like the days add up mm-hmm. to make years and the years add up to make decades. It's really about saying what's the most impactful use of my time right now. And that changes. It changes from moment to moment. You know, we, we, Andrew has said like in the recently he has pivot fatigue because in our business model, we've changed mm-hmm. so much the pricing model. We've changed the subscriptions model. We've changed how you interact with LeadFast Online. We've done all that so many times and even the last 90 days. But it's just about making the most impactful decisions we can right now. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, it's good to know your answer didn't change because it's a 10-year Focusing on 10 years, uh, I think in two weeks, if it changed, I'd be like, I got you. No, <laughs> no a 10-year range, I think, is like the minimum. Like, yeah. you, you, can, you really start evaluating your decisions when they have to have 10-year impact. That seems to be the question everybody asks, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Or what do you, you know, like that kind of deal. So ten, I, yeah, I get it. And, and you don't have to have an answer of like where you see yourself in 10 years. Like, that's, if it, there's, a, there's an interview question. So if there's a lot of people that probably got laid off mm-hmm. because of the pandemic, and you're going to do interviews, right? You're gonna go, and they're going to ask you, like, where do you see yourself in five years? What's your five-year plan look like? And I can tell you the answers that will get you the job, but I can tell you the best answer for yourself, right? So the best answer, I think, for yourself, where do you see yourself in five years? just a little bit further along version of where I am now. Like I'm, I'm not waiting for me to become something in five years. Like I'm happy with myself right now. Yeah. Like, and if you're, if you're struggling with like being like, you need to get to X, Y, Z to like realize yourself to like, you know, I have this dream of being a CEO, but I'm, and I'm just going to keep pushing and feel unfulfilled until that happens. I have the dream of getting a, a promotion in my job, and that job's not going to feel fulfilling until that happens. Every day you spend in that mental cycle is a day further away from achieving what yeah. you want because people are drawn to satisfied, fulfilled people. Right. And so when you can realize that, like, no, like these things, these, these progress marks, these bars that we set for each other aren't 
self-defining. They're goals. But if I reach them or I don't reach them, it does not change who I am as a person. It just doesn't. If you can be satisfied and happy with the person that you were made to be, like those types of things are the things that set you free to achieve. Other than that, they're just roadblocks. Like they just always are. And so my answer has always been, where do you see yourself in five years? Very much the way I am now, maybe with just a little bit more authority or a little bit more responsibility because right. And I always go in to say, because right now I feel like I'm living my best self. Like I'm happy with where I am in life. I'm super happy with the opportunity to come work here. You know, like, so like that, that's how I would answer that question. And I'm, I'm excited about uh, the challenges that over the next 90 days, so much so that I'm not really focused on the next five years because I want to be the best me right now. Sure. And that's, that's an honest answer. You know, I've, I've, I've been in interviews and in, in my younger years when I was, Full of salt. Young Tommy. Uh, young Tommy when, when when I wasn't 40, when I was 25 and 30, and people said, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And I've said, with your job. You know, that's a that's oh, a wow. that's a that's an arrogant thing to say, but that's something that they actually teach you to say yeah. in some interview schools is to say, like, I'm gonna have your job. Um, to set set a high standard and say the sky's the limit for me, you know, that kind of deal. And one, that's just not an honest answer. Yeah. Because you don't know what it took to get to that place, and so you can't possibly know. Uh, but honestly, it's also, it just says that I'm not fulfilled as a person until I've done X, Y, Z. And nobody wants to work with that guy, man. No one. That's like, I feel like we could do a whole new podcast just on breaking that down <laughs> for me personally. No, I'm just kidding. But that's good. Um, these were, these were good answers, man. Well, I, I try. I mean, I don't come prepared, but I do try to come. I think you're always prepared. You just don't know you are. All right. Real life music. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget, we are on Instagram. We're on Facebook, at LeadFastCo is our handle. Um, We also have a website, LeadFastCo.com, where you can get much more content like this, and we'll be updating very soon. And uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, wait, wait, wait. So Daniel has this idea for a business, and it's called BRIP. You read my show notes. I I read your show notes. (laughs) It's called BRIP, uh, B-R-I-P. And oh, if man. you comment on our uh, YouTube or, or if you if you'll send in to Lead Fast Co and that you want to know about Brip, we'll tell you all about it. Will we? It's yeah. Oh okay. yeah. No. We'll, Is it we'll, safe? We'll start a Kickstarter. Okay. For Brip. And they can they can help fund it. Everybody who comments is going to be at my official launch. So yeah, just remember that. You heard it here first, guys. Yep. All right, now we're out. All right. Later. See you guys.